Then there's, you know, but then we spend a lot of time with the Council of Elders, which, well, I remember one one woman who's very psychic. She, it was really cool because I was just taking all these notes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everything she, she was picking up on stuff like that. She's like, they're, they're light beings. There's a, there's a group of light beings from different planets. They're wearing long robes and they have different languages on them. You know, there's, they're, they're, from, they're from different planets, which I thought was very interesting. And then she said they took their cloaks off and they looked like some of them look like animals or these creatures but then they put them back on so they didn't want to scare her <laughs> and i was like whoa that's similar that's the akashic records basically and that's a place of just reverence and respect i had one client recently say they're not you got to accentuate the positive wow i feel good a bit of feel good goes a long way you're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all. Well, today I've got another gorgeous person to introduce you to. Her name is Rachel Horton-White. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. The fabulous Brandon. I I feel like I'm saying this on every podcast I do lately. (laughs) Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality introduced Mm -hmm. us. He's like, oh, you've got to put, actually, to tell you the truth, Brandon like gave me about 20 names and I'm like, I don't need anybody. I've got so many people reaching out to me on the show, but he's like, you've got to speak to this person. You've got to speak to that one. We love him. And I was listening to you guys riffing. I could call it riffing last night on his show. It was a great conversation, actually. You went to so many places. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, that was fun. I love talking with him. We could talk for hours all night. (laughs) I know. He's just so, I love his mind, such a curious mind. So into many topics, but today we're going to have a different conversation. So if you want to listen to Rachel Brandon riffing or chatting or going flying around the universe on expanding reality, go over there and listen. But today we're going to, because we didn't, I didn't hear too much information about you and your story and why you do what you do. So we're going to go into that today on the show and hear a little bit more about you and then we'll get into the work that you're doing and what you're hearing from your clients and please Mm. remember if you're listening and watching the shows to subscribe subscribe I know it's laborious we all say this on all our podcasts but you clicking a button or hitting a light or making a comment actually makes a lot of difference to the way the shows are shared on different platforms and it allows other people to find the shows. And in your own small way, you're actually spreading the message and spreading the love of consciousness by clicking a like button or subscribing or leaving a comment. So I really appreciate it. But let me tell you a little bit about Rachel and uh, what she's been up to over the last few years. Feeling lost in her career and confused about life, Rachel sought to fulfill her own life's purpose through meditation and light work. And after researching one of her grandfathers, she found some amazing information that put her on an even more accelerated awakening journey, pulling back the veils of illusion even more. Today, Rachel Horton-White is a clinical hypnotherapist, mindfulness teacher, and intuitive guide who is living her life purpose and transforming lives in service to this massive planetary shift in consciousness. Rachel facilitates groups 
of Awakening Souls and Spiritual Entrepreneurs has led women's retreats, written for multiple online publication and presented at national hypnotherapy conferences. She has a meditation podcast called The Courageous Path. Rachel's book, published in 2022, is a spiritual toolkit called Tools for the Awakening Soul, a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose. She lives on her homestead in Maine with her husband and two kids where they homeschool these bright, energetic children. And as I was listening to you guys, uh, Brandon, uh, chatting, you you got into the children thing and I sent you an email last night. Did you get to listen to Edith? Edith. I did listen to some of it. Yeah, she is cool. She is really cool. She was, I listened to the, she was talking about her name and how, what her name meant. That was, was the so, beginning. I yeah. was so fascinated by that. Yeah. That was the Very beginning of our, at the end of our conversation. So Edith, um, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan was the last person I had on the show. And she talked about the new children and how they're awake and how mm. she didn't, her and her husband didn't want to have children. And they uh, were pretty adamant about that. And then this little soul said, hello. <laughs> so this little yes. baby soul started talking to her and said, you know, this is how it's going to be. And so I found that fascinating. I just love talking about the children. Yes. And I think, oh, I, heard, yeah. I think I heard you say with Brandon that they were also a part of your awakening journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to hear yeah. about how this all started for you because I think for the younger generation it's quite different. It's more... Um, as I speak to people over the years, the older generation have to like get sledgehammer moments to wake them up at the younger <laughs> generation. It's true. It's, it's true. Like, like the past few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd always been spiritual in some way and intuitive in some way. Um, would have dreams that would come true. And my mother and I would have these like psychic connections. She would wake me up when I was a baby just by thinking about me in the crib. She would say, um, and my mom, and my dad also had interesting psychic connections, but my mother told me that she had a few scary things happen when she was opening up to some, well, she was in a place where there were some, I think, darker energies. And that's probably why she got scared. But so she would tell me like, you know, you gotta be careful with that. You know? So I kind of did put it aside for most of my life. It was just this thing, this, you know, kind of thing that was interesting about me, but it was just, you keep it over here. But then it started getting stronger and stronger as it does. And, um, I actually had a dream. I haven't talked about this before to anybody. (laughs) I mean, maybe I wrote about it somewhere, but I had a dream when I was, um, living abroad in West Africa about a car accident. And I saw like bodies in the ground and then it was this big white van. And the next day I saw it, I was like, I just dreamt this, like what is happening? And so that, you know, that's a kind of a little bit of a scary thing, but then I started dream, you know, deceased people, that my family had known were coming to me in dreams and telling my parent, you know, one of them was my mother's friend who had ended her own life. And she came to me in a dream and told my mother to give my mother a message that it wasn't her fault. And a few other things about the bank. And I told my mother and she was like, what? She was kind of blown away. So it was, it was interesting. And then I, you know, another interesting thing that I was, I was, I've been around a bizarre number of people who've had somebody close to them, this was all in my twenties in like a five-year period die, like a friend's parents. I've slept in the bed of different friends who's a friend whose husband died. So I was around all these people who right when this happened, I was there like comforting them and just being there. And, and I was like, why is this happening? And I didn't know at the time, but 
so anyway, I, um, I actually living abroad in Senegal, cause I grew up in Maine and I, you know, I just wanted to get out of here. It was so boring. And I thought just, you know, isolated, but my parents both, um, grew up all over the world because they, they're children of CIA officers. And that's a whole nother thing we could talk about later. But so my parents, you know, I knew about other countries. And so anyway, I went and lived in Senegal in West Africa, my junior year of college. And it, it was amazing. It started opening my mind in different ways. And I wanted to give back. So I went into the nonprofit field and I was working in different jobs and ended up being um, going into social services. And and it was great for a little while. But as you can imagine, it's just like any other mainstream industry, very broken and dysfunctional. <laughs> and um, I just I, I just got very, very burnt out. Um, and along that. So that was, you know, the, the career path was um i just wasn't suited to be an employee i didn't like having bosses that i felt like they didn't know what they're talking about and i knew better <laughs> and and i just you know i was kind of a job hopper for a little while so that was frustrating and then the relationship path was another thing i had a series of a lot of relationships one after the other a few pretty dysfunctional and it wasn't until i was in graduate school in georgia that i uh, was engaged to somebody who's actually from Mexico and I, we broke up and I went to this year of just depression and drinking a little more wine than I would like to admit. And I realized that I needed to do something different. So I started going to Buddhist, it was Shambhala Buddhist meditation classes and learned about the ego and my, I don't have to believe my thoughts. And that was a whole new concept. I was like, I don't have to believe my thoughts, but I thought they were me. And so that, and then I started writing, I learned, I started reading um, The Secret and learning about the law of attraction and that book, you know, everybody knows the book, The Secret. Um, and I I, I like to say I manifested my husband. I wrote down a vision of what I wanted in a partner, positive present tense, went and got a first psychic reading. And she told me everything that is happening now, like you're going to have this big husband is in Maine. You're going to have two kids. You're going to come upon this idea. You're going to write a book, like all this stuff, which I was like, what? Um, anyway, so that it was a progression of events that, you know, led me to then go back to Maine. And then I did meet my husband and I was still working in nonprofits. We had my son, um, who's now 11, my son, Aaron, and I was still kind of just, all right, I'm, you know, going to yoga and, doing some spiritual stuff and meditating occasionally, not really as much as I wanted. So I was just, you know, in a lot of just living the typical life, I guess, but I really wasn't happy. And I was so stressed out at work and just so frustrated in my career. And I didn't know what else to do. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and my daughter is a big part of my awakening. And I was told and I, this is true that she was coming to wake me up, that she was coming to get me on my purpose. And oh man, I just feel emotion when I say that because she, I got pregnant right away. First time we tried with her and I started showing right away. She was huge. She, she weighed almost 11 pounds. Yes. And I birthed her naturally more information than anybody wants to hear, but she was, she's not big now. I mean, she's tall, but she was just a high vibration being. I think she just was high vibration, full of light very expansive. Um, and so it was around shortly after she was born that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to go. I cannot set foot in that workplace one more time, one more day. I don't care what I have to do. It's sucking my soul. So then I hired a life coach at the suggestion of our babysitter, Alice's, that's my daughter's name, babysitter. 
And I had no idea what that was. And I was, and she was like, you know, my daughter hired one and quit her job the next day. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. I don't, I'm going to do it. I don't even care whatever it takes. So the life coach said, you need to start meditating again. You need to start connecting with some sort of higher guidance again, because I really wasn't interested in churches. I grew up in a congregational church, but I wanted nothing to do with it anymore anyway. And then I, I started waking up and I interviewed at that point, she was encouraging me to start, you know, exploring ideas. And at this point I was really interested in metaphysics and quantum physics and the idea that we can create our realities. And I decided to try to interview people on, on my podcast, which used to be interviews, but now I just put meditations up because I'm too busy. <laughs> but, and I interviewed my grandfather, Ralph McGee, who passed, transitioned in 2020. He was my mother's father who was a, became a whistleblower for the CIA. And he basically was in Vietnam and they were telling him, he was saying, the, the people don't want us here. They don't want the Americans here. They don't want the war. And the, he was told, no, you can't say that. Change your reports. And he wouldn't. So they demoted him, sent him, you know, just made, tried to ruin his life, tried to get him to kill himself. Um, he stayed in because he had to pay for my, his children's college. And then he decided he was going to write a tell-all book, which is called Deadly Deceits. He got, he was on like McNeil, McNeil Lehrer and you could find him on Wikipedia and stuff. But I always knew this about him. And he, he and I were very, very close as I was, ever since I was a baby, we just always had this bond. Um, but when I interviewed him, I was looking up information about him because he was in his eighties and he wasn't really able to <laughs> tell me a lot about his bio. And I started coming across stuff things along the lines of the CIA and truth and, you know, um, all the manipulation by the media and all the, the thing, the ones who think they control things, I like to say. And that's when I started being like, oh my gosh, what all the light bulbs started going off. And I started not, and actually there was a day, a moment, this is, this was my big awakening moment. Actually, I walked down, um, for breakfast one morning. This is when I used to listen to NPR and the radio and I don't listen to any of that anymore. And I heard them talking about some sort of terrorist attack. And in my head, it was this phrase that said, it's not real. And I, it just was like, and I, all of a sudden, everything they were saying, I was like, this is, they're lying to us. I just started at that. I didn't trust anything that the media was saying. I felt like I was being manipulated. And from that, and that, of course, that, that has never changed. So long story saying that I decided to, um, you know, I, I was guided in many different ways to what I do now. Um, I ended up going back to school to learn integrative healing arts. I became a hypnotherapist. I learned to read the Akashic records, which is a phrase that came to me in a meditation. Akashic records just boom, landed in my head and I wrote it down. I had no idea what it was. And I did some research, got a reading and I was like, this is so cool. So I learned how to read the records. Um, and started working with people individually started now i teach people how to read the record the akashic records and you know it's just grown and grown and grown so i uh, it's been just a fascinating process and of course the past few years have been challenging um with all the divide about you know the covid thing and um but i've also seen um, so many people waking up and I feel bad for them in a way. Cause I'm like, man, this would be a really hard time to wake up because it's so fast and there's so much coming at you. But, um, 
it's been just a real honor for me to support people in their awakening and helping them just open their third eye, um, you know, clear away ego, you know, limiting beliefs, all that stuff, old trauma. Um, and I do past life regressions. Now I do something recently learned called the life between life regression, which is taking people into the spirit realm, kind of like what Dolores Cannon used to do or the QHHT people do. Um, and I find that just fascinating. So yeah, that's, and I live in a, you know, we moved to a homestead. We're creating our little new earth reality here with chickens and we live in the middle of the woods. And I just, today I made a little comfrey. We have comfrey growing in the backyard. My, my son sprained his toe. So I made a little comfrey uh, poultice. I have no idea what I'm doing, of course, but I just, you know, have fun with it. And my husband and I are both self-employed. He's a carpenter. We exited the matrix and uh, we still have stuff we have to work on, but overall it's freedom. And that to me is everything. So I know I was, yeah. looking, I was looking at that little video on your YouTube channel of you showing people your healing space, that little, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, that is so cute. I want that. I live in the city, so I have no garden. So, you know, in your garden, you've got this fabulous little, um, little house where you see clients. Yes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. You're living the dream, darling. You're living the dream. Okay. <laughs> a couple of things. Uh, I know you probably didn't get through the whole conversation I had with um, Edith, but it was at the end that we spoke about the children. And uh, I just really thought that her journey with the kids would resonate with you. And she said the same about her daughter, interestingly enough. She talked about knowing the conception and how her body changed to hold the consciousness of her son. And then she said her daughter was a completely different consciousness and mm -hmm. her whole womb changed it, like the whole energy around her womb in order to carry this child. And I found the whole conversation fascinating. And I think you had a mm. similar experience. Yeah. With your daughter. Yes. I gained like 60 pounds, which was a lot for me. And I was so big that people said to me, are you pregnant with twins? And I actually had a client, this is when I was working in the social services. She said, that's not normal. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. She was just like, I'm here. I'm taking up space. I'm Hi. a high vibration being. And um, she's, my daughter is very empathic. It's yeah. interesting. I think a lot of the children are, she's so, she can't watch any show. If there's an animal that gets hurt, she like tears and my, my son and my husband go fishing and she would she could she would have a complete meltdown if, if they you know heard a fish so she's so she's, she's she's vegan is she vegan you know oddly enough she's not vegan she's i tell not. her i'm like you're, you know you're eating a cow now i'm not vegan either but i used to be but um yeah and, and it doesn't bother <laughs> yeah it's interesting she doesn't make the association. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. Uh, it's interesting hearing your journey, having heard so many people's awakening journeys over the years and how different it is, like the younger generation, how much, you know, just these psychic abilities kick in, but you're surrounded by a consciousness that said psychic abilities are a reality, right? Whereas older generations are not so you know these phenomena this phenomena happens and people are like oh you're just going mad and now it's like oh you're psychic <laughs> so it's just it's yeah. beautiful to sort of see the evolution of the awakening process and and you're right the last few years has been mass awakening and when you were chatting with Brandon uh, you know I heard you guys talk about awakening and referring to it as if you kind of wake up to the a bit like with your grandfather you wake up to the covert corruption and the covert, you know, distortion that's on this planet. 
what do you think awakening is? Because I don't know if awakening is that, but that's a lot of that's a that's a big way people are awakening. Mm. First of all, mm-hmm. they wake up to the covert distortion and corruption, and mm-hmm. then they're in a mess, and now they've got to find their own inner power and spirituality. But what what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like it's as you're talking, what I'm seeing is like two things, two paths. And for me, that was certainly the case that, and I, and I believe in order to see the, we have to know the darkness to see the light, you know, we can't, it's, it's, there's the polarities. So for me, when I was first awakening, let me just say my husband was not quite there yet. And I'd be like, you need to listen to this. Do you know about this and this? And I would keep him up till midnight, just talking to him. And he's like, I just want to go to sleep. And, (laughs) but I, I wanted him and he, I knew he thought I was a little little crazy. He said, you know, the things you're talking about sound a little crazy. And I'm like, you know, I know they sound crazy, but (laughs) I don't say this to everybody, which is why I know I'm not crazy because I do have a filter, (laughs) but I think, so for me, I did, I did go way down the rabbit hole. I was researching all kinds of things and Um, and I really do believe that when people are ready to see that information, they get guided, they're guided to it. And otherwise it doesn't even come across your worldview, that person's worldview, because they're not at a soul level ready for what that means. Because what it does mean, I remember sitting on this, um, hill in the town in Portland, Maine, where I used to live looking over the city. I remember thinking, is this even real? Am I in a dream? You know, is this all just like the matrix, like the movie, the matrix. And if anybody knew what I was thinking, I'd probably be institutionalized because I was thinking about other things. So, but it is. So anyway, I think part of the awakening process is seeing through, it's like the Truman show. You know, you see that what we've been taught and how we've been trained we've been, we've been kept asleep. We've been controlled. We've been, we our emotions are used Oh, hi, kitty. The cats love this energy, right? The animals do. Yeah. Uh, we've been used, they use the ones who think they control things. Um, they use our emotions to keep us in control. It's really fear and anger. A lot of it's fear now, but fear and anger to keep us, I don't know if it's feeding off of it, but but we have to see how they do that. And they do that. They sh- they show us what they're doing. We have to see it through commercials, through some of the songs that are on the radio, um, the movies, I mean, they're showing us what they're doing, but a lot of people don't realize that their minds are being programmed. It is a form of hypnosis. And um, so anyway, I think we do have to see that. So then we can be aware of that. Okay. Right now they're feeding me propaganda. They're feeding me sort of brainwashing stuff. And I, and I see it then. Is, so that's like, you know, I think we need to be aware of that. Otherwise we're just absorbing it and not, and we're unconscious and that, which is how society humanity has been for the past 26,000 years, I guess, something like that. Um, the other side of awakening, the other, like, you know, there's the two, two paths, I guess would be, we start to realize that we are these divine beings of light, that we are connected to, we're not, we're not only connected to God, we are God. We have those pieces of that source energy within us. And that means that we can, telepathically communicate with each other that we are the same, you know, consciousness and vibration or we're connected to trees and to rocks. And, um, and we start to, you know, open our intuitive gifts and just really develop a sense of love and compassion for all beings. It's kind of funny because we go through like, Oh, I love everyone. And the next day we're like, 
I can't stand humans. Why are people so stupid? No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like it's both and it's, it's both. And ultimately we want to be in that place. And this is where I've evolved to. It's been eight years. I've been in this awakening path where I don't try to red pill people anymore. It's not helpful. It just makes them mad. And I just try to, you know, meet them where they're at opening my heart. I work a lot with angels and, you know, ascended masters. Jesus is one of my main guides or Yeshua, um, Pleiadians, you know, these are like the multidimensional energies, of course, my own guides. Anyway, I have all kinds of different guides that I work with. And of course in the Akashic records. And I just say, what is the highest thing I can say? What is the highest thing I can do? Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just being there holding space. And this is for clients and for, you know, family and friends. So I think ultimately though, it is this beautiful place that we're moving to in, you know, what's called the new earth, the fifth dimensional way of being, which would be in my view, at least, um, just compassion, understanding, empathy, love, you know, caring for the earth, mutual respect for all beings. Um, and seeing, you know, through seeing what, seeing the truth, really, it's the truth beneath what we are presented and, and asking questions and going to the heart of what is the nature of reality, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> I do know yeah. because you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I was sort of born semi-awake, but I still had to have an awakening not like many of the people I've had on my podcast, not like a, a near-death experience, but just a gradual process. I think a bit like you said, it was gradual. Mm -hmm. But awakening to me always meant waking up to who we are as divine beings, as an extension of the source, as conscious creators, as deliberate creators, as powerful. That to me was always what awakening meant. But over the last few years, awakening now means waking up to what we've been talking about, like the whistleblowers and the corruption and it's kind of interesting how it's shift and I don't even know what the word woke means anymore <laughs> like I people know. throw I this know. word around and I'm like in yeah. a derogatory sense and I'm like okay now I'm confused I think I had Aaron Abke on the show because I was thinking mm. about him you, you said is somebody called Aaron your son no who my was son it? is Aaron but he's but we spell it a-r-r-a-n it's a Scottish island oh yeah <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think, I think I asked him, what does the word woke? What does the word woke mean? I can't remember what he said, <laughs> but what I want to know is yeah. grandpa sounds so interesting. So he was a whistleblower for the CIA mm -hmm. and he wrote a book and he got into all sorts of trouble. And you said he passed in 2020. Is that right? He left his body. Mm -hmm. Are you mm -hmm. chatting to him? Like, have you been chatting? Yes. To him he school? comes all the time to me as one of my primary guides. Um, I called him Papa. So he encourages me, you know, he reminds me how I'm, I'm brave. I think, you know, I was pretty vocal about what I thought about the past few years of, you know, with the COVID thing and, and that definitely, <laughs> cause I thought it was all nonsense, you know? Um, but that definitely, you know, affected me and my relation on my relationships um, and he was just like, keep going, you know, just you're, and, 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 you know, I think I know of nobody else who was as brave as he was. Makes me emotional to say it. Cause he, what, what he had to go through to put out that information. I mean, they, they, um, 
tried to ruin, they did ruin his life. He had no friends, all of his friends at the CIA, um, what would now be called canceled, you know, they just blacklisted him. He even was on, he was put on the terrorist no watch list and he was followed and in, he lived in Virginia and then in Florida and, and people started saying, even my own, some of my own family members, well, he was just making that up. He's mentally ill. You know, I, I believe he really was being followed. Um, but so it was a very lonely path for him to take, to put out this material, to tell the truth. Um, so I just, you know, and he, I feel, I, I would hope that I have that courage, um, in my blood as he did. So he's just always kind of encouraging me and giving me comfort. <laughs> so when, you know, I think, you know, the answer to this, but you say, I hope I had that courage in my blood as he did. When you <laughs> speak to him in spirit like that, what does he say to you? about about who you are and yeah, your of yes, yeah. Yes, okay. yeah of course yes 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 of course you do you're very brave and you know it's no coincidence i think that we i looked up to him so much he, he we just had a very special bond mm -hmm. and um i think he was always meant to be a guide for me mm -hmm. and uh you know i think it's interesting because he wasn't actually totally awake when he was alive. He he was awake about some at the US government, but he wasn't fully. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's okay because that was his role was to partly help wake me up so I could then, you know, take some of the information a different way. So when you say he wasn't totally awake, do you mean that he wasn't totally awake to who he is as an extension of source and Yes, yes. And he was awake to the covert corruption of the world yes. and how about the cia specifically but he would still mm -hmm. read the newspaper you know and i think um he definitely didn't trust the government and certainly not the cia and i i had no idea my man i i even i even want to be careful how i talk about it now because <laughs> i get paranoid but i had no idea the level of influence that the cia had over pretty much everything yeah, and wow. you know they're not at the root of everything but they do have their fingers in a lot like the movies and stuff like that there's a lot yeah. that has and i don't know if he saw that you know the deep like conspiracy theory stuff about um people who've mysteriously died let's just allude it to that way you know celebrities um i don't know that he saw that level of it but yeah. Anyway, and I try not to talk about that too much because it scares people. And it's just, you know, at some point if they're, but I, I trust that everybody who's listening here is ready to hear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <some level. laughs> if you're listening, you're ready to hear it and you know what to yeah. do with it without getting angry. I believe that my audience are quite enlightened. I can yeah. just saying, well, you have such a special audience, but yeah, I believe that I speak to yeah. the, you know, the new world mm -hmm. teachers or the awakened ones or the awakening ones. And uh, mm -hmm. And then they they understand who we are as love and light and unity and love. And you have to have that understanding to really digest the information that's coming to light because otherwise you're just a mess and then you hate the world and you hate everybody and you want to kill yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's important, I think, that you said that because I do think, if you don't mind me saying, that I feel like there's 3D, there's the 3D world of, you know, we're asleep and we're just, we're doing what we're told and blah, blah, blah. Then there's 4D and then there's 5D. And I think when people awaken, and I went through this myself, we can get stuck in in a little, in like 4D and we can get stuck in anger because mm -hmm. it's normal to be really pissed off about what they've done to us. It's very normal. And 
and I see this a lot actually with even people I know and respect the the anger is not is actually kind of what they want you know what I mean like it's they want to sustain anger and even fear about like other things oh well they're you know maybe yeah we see what they're doing to the weather we know they're doing that we know that there's things they're doing even though I also think from at least in the Akashic records they they show me it's poles shifting the poles are naturally shifting on earth Mm -hmm. but I also think there's some weather manipulation going on too Mm -hmm. anyway um it's but a bit if we, both, yeah. I think both. That, I think with the humans, we're like it's either or. But when you speak to the guys, it's like, well, why can't it be both? It's like exactly. there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on. Right. Yeah. It's funny though, because I in the Akashic records, they don't always. They won't tell me that. I, I asked them about all the, you know, some of the darker things, and they're basically like these are they are the masters, this council of elders, these light beings. They're like, why do you need to know that? How is that helpful for you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You already know. You're right. I do. But I think it's really, so in terms of that, you know, when we do start and awaken, it's, it can be very, very lonely. And, and I think a lot of us light workers choose to incarnate in places where there's light is needed in our families, in our communities. And it's, yes, I mean, it can be, it can be lead to suicides and just, I think a lot of um, light workers or people who are awake are also not used to being on earth and it's hard to be human and they don't want to be here. And so um, we need to find each other. And that's, what's beautiful about, you know, being able to connect on the internet, even though, you know, it has its pluses and minuses, but we can find each other from around the world and then support each other. So we know we're not alone and we know we're not crazy, even though some people will tell us you're mentally ill or whatever, you know, um, because they don't understand and you can't make somebody I've tried, you can't, you just know, no matter how much evidence you give them that you, you just, you just can't, they have to go through the process on their own if they're ready and they, and not everybody, it's not in their soul contract to awaken at the same time. Yeah. So, um, but I think it is interesting to see that. Speaking of getting, of being lonely, when did, when did your husband come to the party? Like when did, he, <laughs> when did he stop thinking that you were going crazy? And he's like, oh, like, oh yeah. He, it was probably around COVID because <laughs> he started seeing things and he, you know, I was planting a lot of seeds for him, but when everything started happening, I said this, you know, this is just all not right. You know, this is all from, and he said, yeah, this is messed up. This is totally messed up. So I think that that's when he just went fully into it. Um, yeah, so he's right there with me. He doesn't, he's not, he, he doesn't, he doesn't study the same things I do, but he like, you know, he listens to Joe Rogan. He likes Joe Rogan. <laughs> he listens to, you know, he, he, he doesn't go as deep in some ways. Joe Rogan's good, you know, whatever. Anyway, whatever you think of him, but Yeah. So as a hypnotherapist, you work with the Akashic, the Akashic record, you go into the Akashic records and you're doing um, past life regressions on people. And now you said you're doing life in between lives. So how many years have you been doing this? The Akashic records, probably five years, Um, hypnotherapy, three years and the same thing with past life regressions three years and then life between life just the past three months okay so, so yeah it's quite, recent recent yeah. so what i wanted to ask you is what is the information that's coming through your clients and 
you know, what mm. I find as a therapist is uh, whenever I have a question that I don't get straight answers from the guides, it'll come through a client. <laughs> it'll come yes. through me, but it'll come for a client. I'm like, oh, like, have you found that? Like you have? Oh, yes. Just mm. yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Just yesterday I had a, I did two Akashic Records readings and you know about the, you know, this, the Lionsgate portal, which is 8823 is a time every year, you know, people talk about, it's a very big time of light activation and light codes that we're receiving. And really it's between the summer solstice and the Lion's Gate. And this year in particular, I'm sure some people are feeling this in July, 2023. Um, it's real, there's, it's a lot of heavy, it feels heavy. There's just a lot of like stuff that old patterns and old thoughts and habits that we thought maybe we'd cleared and they're coming up again. Um, and so what but the what the master shared with me was just that that the light that we're receiving or this is what came to me i guess so but i ha i'll talk about the what comes to a client in a minute but it was for her the message was for her but i knew it was also for me to share with you and i talked about it in a video yesterday that the light the reason that feels like that that it's so hard right now or so heavy is because we're receiving so much light and our bodies are trying to integrate that light, but in order to integrate it, the whatever densities are being held in our bodies and forms of you know of traumas and negative old beliefs from past lives and our bloodline, they have to come out. They have to be seen to then be cleared, to be transmuted. So we can really start to integrate the light. And, and I had, and I was like, oh yes, that makes a lot of sense. It was very helpful for me. And I, I shared it with other people, like I that, said. So that's one example. That's definitely what's been happening because it's definitely I've been to chatting to my guides about this. But it's interesting that I have a lot, a lot of friends here that are really into the solstices and the lion's gates and the astrology, and they're all talking about it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. when I chat to my guides about it, they say, they laugh and they say, yeah, you know, you humans love your focal point. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. what's been happening is there's been an ever-increasing acceleration turning up of the light on planet earth and yeah. as we're evolving and ascending and what the light does and this is the analogy they gave me which was hilarious was that when you live in a dirty house and that's really dim you don't see the dirt but when you turn the light up you get to see all the dirt and they gave me an image of like when I was young and going to the pub or the disco or whatever and you know how everyone looks beautiful in the dark lights and and then when it's like finished closing time and they turn the lights on and you're like <laughs> you're not as beautiful because yes. I'm drunk and we're in the dark and everyone looks beautiful it's kind of like humanity we've been drunken in the dark and everything looks beautiful and but the light is revealing what's here but it's not only revealing the dirt as, the, as it's also revealing revealing the light and so yes. uh this conversation with you sort of having psychic you know uh, talking to dead people and having so easily slipped into your intuitive psychic abilities and feeling like this was normal is all a part of that reveal of who we are as psychic telepathic multi-dimensional extensions of yeah. infinite energy yeah so there's a Let lot me just say something. Yeah, real quick there, because I think I actually had I actually had to work pretty hard to open up my third eye. I um I had those dreams, but it wasn't it wasn't like in my regular life. I was like all these getting all these psychic things. 
I would just have, they would come through my dreams and, and that, you know, maybe there was a few things, but it really wasn't nearly as much as it is now. And, and, um, I actually took a class on angels and I started, that was the very first, my very first introduction to anything psychic was through angels. And I started working with Archangel Michael and that really helped me just to move away from fear and self-doubt because I had to clear, you know, past life stuff. And just like I mentioned, this childhood sort of programming. So I, I say that so I, cause I want people to know a lot of people think, well, oh, this person has special gifts and I don't, or, you know, I just, I'm just not like that. And it's totally not true that we all have, you know, this third eye, we all have a pineal gland. We all have psychic abilities. It's just, they get rusty and we have to, you know, clean them off, dust them off. Um, it took me, I would say two years to really feel like I was connecting with stuff and, and another probably three years total before I could actually feel like I could do intuitive readings by just closing my eyes and saying stuff to people. And I was terrified of that at first. So it, it did, it did take, it, it was like learning in any new skill, you know, I had to train and, and practice different things. So yeah. So I tell you what, two years is extraordinarily fast. <laughs> as, I say, <laughs> as I say, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been watching people uh, come into, because uh, I teach people how to, cut, you know, awaken and come into their psychic ability. And and what we're overcoming, it's like we're, we're, we can all do it, but we're overcoming the thought that we can't or we're yeah. overcoming the thought that it's special and that you have to be special or we're overcoming the limited idea or the conditioning that it's extraordinary or strange or yeah and instead of being normal and natural so you know in like look at your kids they're not going to take two years <laughs> like that's what i'm no. saying the success they already are they're awake now because right. <laughs> and intuitive and they, they talk about on. their past lives it's just right. it's amazing yeah amazing amazing yeah. and what i feel like uh, with the hypnotherapy and even channeling i feel like this is all part of the training wheels of awakening people say that they're channeling as opposed to just being constantly connected to that channeled source they have to like prepare and then go into channeling or even to hypnotize somebody to get them connected to that level of brainwave or consciousness without just knowing that we can just go there instantly i remember when my daughter was little I said, let's meet your spirit guides. And I put her on my massage table because that's what I was doing at the, in those times. And she was squirming and wiggling and she just shut her eyes and bang right there. Yep, I can see this. I yeah. can see that. I, no, I didn't have to prepare her or put her into meditation or hypnosis or, yeah, yeah it's all available for us. Children. Just, mm -hmm. Yeah. Children are so close to source. They were just there, you know, they were just there yeah. in source. And then they don't have all the programming that we do. The so when I do programming, um, I, yeah. And I do, I do hypnosis for kids. Sometimes I'm working with, I have one, there's a teenage boy, actually, I work with regularly and, and, um, he's got a lot of fear you know, he's working through that, some anxiety, but, but when, when we go into hypnosis, I just pretty much take him into a safe place in nature and boom, he's there, you know, yeah. it doesn't take him very long at all. It's so different for adults. It takes, you know, like 20 minutes to help mm -hmm. <laughs> some adults, um, really get to a deep place because, that ego has had more time to accumulate the conditioning. Yeah. And you know what I've been seeing a lot lately, like what you said about the light, like calling it the lion's gate is revealing 
stuff that we thought we'd work on. Like, okay, I'm over that limiting thought. I no longer think I'm unworthy. I no longer think I'm a failure and life's good. And then these old thought forms are revisited. It's like, really? I'm going there? Is that where I'm going? Because that's what I've noticed this year on myself and others, even to the point where a friend of mine who's a meditation teacher who taught hundreds, probably thousands of people and people that are amazing meditation teachers and globally speaking were his students. So he killed himself a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, you killed yourself. And he wasn't old. He's only in his fifties. And I'm like, seriously? So those old thoughts revisiting. Uh, And I've had big chats about the guides about this because they've been revisiting me too. And mm -hmm. they said, we have to understand Karen that light workers are not just working for themselves. They're working for the collective and so they're taking on these densities. Um, it feels like yours because you know that energy so well because you held it. Yeah. And so when it revisits you, it feels like it's you. And the big, the big wake up call I think for all of us is to not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Like when we're revisiting those old ideas, that maybe it's just moving through you because that you're being used your light is being used to transform transmute Hmm. dissolve yeah wow that's powerful yeah I feel that I feel that too I actually just recently went through that I had I almost felt like I had an attachment I picked up I was with family a lot I was the summer's been all about spending time with family hanging out cookouts you know stuff like that which has been great because I wasn't really connected with some of them um in the past few years. So it was wonderful, but spending so much time was, I, I actually felt like I had unconsciously picked up some of their energy and I'd been so busy. I hadn't really done a good job of clearing it. And, um, and I think that happens more often than not, you know, that for, to, that a lot of us do when we, for, especially, um, you know, I don't drink a lot of alcohol, but during these things I had, you know, I had a few drinks and, but anytime we are, you know, any, especially people who are drinking a lot or any sort of substance, it lowers your vibration and it makes us more susceptible to lower vibrational energies. So, um, I did everything I knew to clear it. And I got, I actually had a friend, a gifted healer do some energy clearing for me, which really is what I needed that for her, that to really be gone. I needed somebody else to help me because I wasn't able to do it totally myself. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I had a lot of, um, well, I'll just be, to be honest, I'll just tell you, I was, um, shopping around to publishers for, for my book. And I was looking at, you know, different agents and all those requirements they have and don't do this. You have to do this. And nobody's going to talk to you if you do this. And I was just, it just kind of shut me down because it was so 3d, so matrixy. So it reminded me of like when I was trying to apply to college and, I just started feeling very less than not good enough, like just all kinds of fear of rejection. Like it all just came down and I just, and affected other things too. I started feeling that way in other areas and I was, and I knew what I was, I knew it was happening. And I was like, why, what is going on? This is ridiculous. And um, anyway, and so, you know, I, I, you're right. Like it is these old, that's old stuff that I hadn't felt for a long time. And I, and I think, you know, the reason that does come up and, you know, we think we always think like I've cleared that and now I'm good and now I could just go on with my life. But really the process of, um, 
it's self-actualization really it's becoming our highest and best selves and in this lifetime for so many of us this is when we're breaking so many past life patterns and bringing in light for our families which is not easy where <laughs> it's like going upstream trying to you know change the tide of dysfunction that's been passed down often from generation to generation um so it's a lot you know it's a lot for us to do it's like layers of an onion so you know we go through the one outer layer and it gets a little easier and then when you get to the inner layers they're thicker and they're bigger and they're harder kind of to work through i know that for me um writing a book was huge deal and i had to look work on a lot of past lives i had done some hypnotherapy to build confidence to start the, my business but then being seen and you know fearing like if people are going to like what i'm saying are they going to you know not you know are they going to hate me which brought up a lot of past life you know fears where i was persecuted for being intuitive drowned buried alive you know all sorts of things and it was like it was this deep fear of am I going to be killed for this? Which of course is irrational, but um, you you even saw that when I started talking about the CIA earlier, you know? So um, anyway, but that's, it's, it's, I feel like what happens though, is that the longer, the, you know, the older we get, you and I, probably your listeners, I'm sure we have more tools and we have the ability to move through some of those hard times hopefully, you know, um, easier. And we have the intuitive, and for me, my intuition, which I really use in the Akashic records is, is life-saving because I can be like, what's going on? Why am I feeling this? And then they'll share it and something will come in and, and I start to understand. I, I come out of my human experience. I rise above and I can see, you know, oh, this is just Rachel in this current body going through this thing, which is really kind of meaningless in the grand scheme of things, you know, meaningless in, in some ways, but also really important because it's pattern breaking. So anyway, I think if we can just be kind to ourselves and say, this is just one little piece, it's going to get better. We're, we're all in this together. That's been oversaid, but, um, and also getting help. You know, I, I, sometimes we really need to get help from other people that, you know, we can't do it all ourselves. And I think we often think we can because we are capable as light workers, but leaning on friends who at some points have a little more strength than we do in different moments is really important because we need, we also need help to like recharge our batteries, refill our cups so we can keep going. Yes, we are all in this together. You can say it a, <laughs> you can say it a million times, it never gets old. <laughs> Because, you know, the thing about density, the thing about when you do uh, re-engage or, or, or familiarize yourself with old limiting thought forms is that the denser the thought, the more alone you feel in the world and the more you push people away, which is really interesting. And the mm. and the happier you feel, the more connected you feel and the more you, like you've got lots of friends. So I can't be, it can't be said enough, but I, I want to get into the Akashic. Um, what did you discover when you started doing the Akashic work and what does the Akashic records mean to you? Because as I was listening to you and Brandon talk about it, I was chatting to the guides about it. And I'd love to hear your version. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what they said to me. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, the Akashic records, I mean, I can give you like the definition I always tell every client, but I won't do that. I'll just say it, it to me, it's the truth and it's the truth based in light. Um, and it's a knowing, it's how we know who we are as eternal souls. 
And they're giving us information about what's underneath the surface of what we're experiencing in our lives. Because often it's relationships with other people. Why is this person like this? Why am I dealing? What or what's? Why do I feel this way? I keep, you know, a lot of us feel stuck in different times of our lives, and we don't know why. And we're just trying to feel better. And and what happens is in the Akashic records, so it'll be. It's absolutely amazing how the words that will come up. It can be just three words. It can shift everything. I've seen that happen with clients. It, you know, like let me just try to give an example. Um, once I, you know, I had a client who was really struggling with her mother and, and just angry, angry, angry. And I think they said something like your mother didn't feel loved as a child or something very simple. And the client just had never thought of that before ever. And it just instantly shifted everything for her. And she was able to find compassion for her mother, which of course, as you know, as we know, is ultimately what we want to do is cut the cords, move towards forgiveness, let go of any sort of anger we have towards others, which is breaking the karmic bonds. And that's how we ascend. That's how we evolve into higher states of consciousness. So that it's just this sort of um, wisdom about the truth, about, about any situation that comes up and there's also past lives. And that's, you know, this is the reason this is happening is because of this past life and, or because of the, you know, this is the, this is the thing behind the scenes you may not know about. They'll show future events. Um, and it, like I just said, it, it gives us a perspective that we're not able to see with our conscious minds because no matter how much meditating. I mean, I don't care. I mean, probably there's some people on earth who are close to being ascended masters who are pretty close to being enlightened, maybe living in a cave somewhere or something. <laughs> but most of us, we're still human and we it, it can be very difficult for us to really see what's happening and why. And that's the other piece, you know, why is this happening from, from the perspective of our, us as eternal souls living in multiple bodies on multiple planets and there's always this, there's a theme that will come up. Well, this is, you know, you've been working on forgiveness for thousands of years, or you've been working on having healthy boundaries and it didn't go well in that life. And it didn't go well in that life. So you're incarnated with these people to try to make a different choice. And, oh, okay. You mean I chose this? I chose to be born to these people who abuse me? Yes. And that's a whole nother, you know, mind blowing concept. So it is the other thing. Yeah. I mean, and so ultimately it's all based in love and unconditional love for self and unconditional love for the collective. And that's one of the biggest messages that comes up in the Akashic Records. They really want us all to unconditionally love and accept ourselves. And we hear that a lot. I know what does that mean? But we beat ourselves up a lot. We all are like, well, I should be doing this, or I'm not doing that, or I'm not enough at this. And and really what they want us to really understand is that it's okay. You're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe that, you know, maybe you maybe there's something that happened or you made a decision earlier in your life that you wish you hadn't, but that's okay because you did the best that you could with the tools you had. And that's part of being human and that's forgiving ourselves. And that's, if we all could do that, that's what, that's the primary message. If we all could do that, just, you know, we would be, it's a whole different planet. We'd be yeah. a huge different consciousness. And that's, it's being seen too. Like, you know, it's very rare to be seen 
in the light of just being so loved. And that when you feel that, and this is what angels can do too, it's just, it's rare to be seen that way. It's a very sacred experience. Well, you're right, Rachel. It is rare to be seen that way, but wouldn't it be lovely if the world was a place where it wasn't rare to be seen that way, where it was yeah. more normal to be seen that way? Yes. But as people describe the Akashic, you know, there's been so many, uh, I think that we get as humans so fixated on the material uh, world and how things play out in the material world on stuff, on what things look like, on on linear time. And when you're working in the realm of energy and inf infinity, it's a different kettle of fish, but it's it's presented to us in many different ways. Like I'm thinking about what's that movie with Jim Carrey and he meets God in this big white room and there's a oh. white filing cabinet and he opened it and it like just yes. keeps going. It's like his, that's his Akashic, like that's his. Yes. It's just a filing cabinet. That's quite a nice image. And some people say yes. they go to the hall of records and there's these big columns and there are all these books yep. and and then some people say that a screen opened up and all this information about their life was that you know like yes. we've been given mm -hmm. so many different images of what the akashic mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. and uh you know people say well no it's not like this because that person died and they said that this is what they experienced and again as humans we do this either or yeah but it's, we're talking it can about, be all the above yeah right it, we're talking about energy and information which mm -hmm. it's like it's swirling around us right now all the energy and information and yeah. then we're transporting that into a zoom call and you and I are talking to each other from across the other side of the world like you know like but it's all out there this energy and information in the ethers that's what my guide said about me and then you have to like align with it compartmentalize it and make it make sense mm -hmm. to our human linear minds Yes, and, uh, that's what people do as they speak about the Akashic, the Hall of yes. Records. Or it does, it does show up that way though. For me, it's these big golden doors, mm -hmm. and then you're walking in like this long hallway, and it you know goes on forever in one direction. And and I honestly, I don't see the books. I know I sometimes will see books, but I uh -huh. they just kind of shows up. When I do look at a past life, though, it is kind of like a box of lights being pulled off a shelf, or sometimes it shows up on a sort of a screen. Um, and so it's really interesting and it's different for everybody. One thing you mentioned earlier, I want to say something about real quick, because when you were talking about, wouldn't it be nice if the earth was where everybody loved each other? Well, when I had my own, I received a life between life regression. I, um, basically I went to the spirit realm and I was in the spirit realm and I just started crying because I said to the woman who was doing, it, I said, this is my home and I miss it so much. I was like, this is people are just nice to each other here. And there's so much love and acceptance. And I just want to be here so badly. And it was even now thinking about it, I'm like, wow. And I remember it. I remember what it, it was vibrant. All the colors were very vibrant. There were animals that don't exist here anymore that were there. I didn't, I don't even remember which they were, but I just was aware there were animals that aren't here anymore and that I could, we could communicate with them. There was um, like a healing chamber where people would go to be rejuvenated there, it, anyway. And we were kind of, it, it looked kind of like earth, but just much more vibrant. So, and of course that's the way it sh was shown to me because that's my, the reality I created um, anyway, but it was, it is, I hope everybody gets to experience that at some point, um, you know, because it's like we get to go to our true home where it is, um, it is the utopia, the 5D reality that we're all thinking of.
we all we want. <laughs> yeah, we're all reaching for that remembrance of that love and connection. And many people have it, you know, with a uh, near-death experience or a spiritually awakening experience. And I think, who was I talking about? Maybe it was with Edith, I can't remember. Spoke. Maybe it was with Moon Tucker. I think it was with Moon who was in the Inner Sanctum. You know, often that's the invitation. It's like, this is what's possible. And now we're given the exercise of trying to remember that, regain that reconnection in our daily lives. And that's when we're bumping up against the conditioning and the thought forms and and that's when the work comes in. But it's like you don't reach that place in an NDE or spiritually or a meditation as you have and I have many times. We've been there and then you come back down to earth. It's like you fall to earth, back exactly. into the default thought forms right. of who you think you are. And what yeah. you think is possible, and yeah. So I think cat is just driving me crazy. Yeah, this cat, jumping <laughs> the cat's excited about what we're talking about. This I think cat I, is very excited. Sorry, so God. I think it's you know it, it's helpful for people. I'm sure a lot of people already realize this, but that we chose this experience before we incarnated. You know, we do go before our council of elders. We have you know these light beings that usually show up as like a semicircle, kind of like jedi council style like the star wars um and we talk with them about what we want to work on in our next life and we're choosing our body we're choosing some you know our we're working out with our our parents who's going to be our parents people in our soul group and we're choosing some major events you know it could be i'm going to have this major illness or i'm going to have this accident or you know something that's you know a major thing and then we also have free will but Anyway, but I think it's important that we, re, you know, we remember that it, at times we can, I think that some of us have set out pretty difficult life paths for ourselves, And then our council will say, are you sure, you know, you're really going to have this hard thing happen and then this hard thing and then this hard thing. Um, you think you can handle that? Yes, I think I can handle it. And um, I think actually people who do end up and taking their life, which is a breaking of a soul contract, unfortunately, and they're going to have to really heal and and have to start again um they probably set out to took on too much they probably took on more than they thought that you know they tried to conquer more than they really were going to be able to and they may not have taken enough energy into this life so we have a percentage of our energy that stays in the spirit realm is in our you know higher selves and then a percentage that goes into our current bodies and of course you know i think it is rare for us to incarnate in two different bodies at once but it can happen um but sometimes we don't take enough and that's when we check out or you know i'm done i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> so but i think i think it's helpful it's helpful for me and i've seen it with some clients that when people you know we often think well i'm being punished you know or why is god doing this to me or and they get really angry and and when they say, well, actually, I chose this. I actually chose all this stuff for myself. What was I thinking? But it's all in the, the law of amnesia. We don't have memory. It's wiped for most people when we're born because um, otherwise how will we learn? But that I think that really frames, puts it into perspective. And then it can help us just get out of our stories, you know, and, and see it, that it's really okay. And it's not that it's, it makes us feel better. We can release it. Yeah, see, it is the story and not the truth. It's like it's a story. Yes. It's not my truth. It's a story I'm believing. Yes. And it's not my truth. I'm yes. thinking about, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about this person that 
died recently that was a meditation teacher and it really perplexed yeah. me when I heard when I saw on Facebook that he had died I'm thinking did he get hit by a truck did he fall off a cliff I couldn't imagine that he got sick because you kind of you know when people get sick they usually post oh I'm sick uh and I, I, and then a friend of mine said yeah sad to say that he was you know he killed himself and I'm like what went on like what went on yeah. had a chat to the guides about it had a chat you know and I think that when you put yourself out there as a healer, teacher, um, my other friend had said to me he'd su- he'd suffered depression for years, and I said, "Did he? I never saw that because he did amazing things in Sydney. He did amazing things. He put on these big meetings, and even Deepak Chopra turned up to one of the meetings he had, where he brought hundreds of people together to meditate, and there'd be a speaker and a musician and a movie, and just amazing, amazing things happened through him. And mm-hmm. as I said, he taught. I think that." you know, like to maybe when you put yourself out there, you can't sort of reveal that you're going through depression or reveal that you've got money problems or reveal that you haven't got all your ducks in a row. And maybe that's where the, um, yeah, that's where the problem is when you can't be authentic because you've created a persona. (laughs) I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad that, and that's, I think, it's interesting we're talking about this because I've been thinking about this recently about um I te- you know I teach this intuitive guide program um teaching people to basically do what I do anyway and we were talking about marketing and of course nobody wants to hear about marketing they never they just want to you know be in they just want to talk to angels and guides and I'll say you know you've got to learn about this because this is how you share your light anyway but one of them was saying but that doesn't sound like having to, you know, post on Instagram and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff that doesn't sound 5d to me. And I was saying to him, you know, I believe that we're given some of these tools to kind of work with, to bring in the new earth. These are tools that we're given to help spread light, but he had a good point because I think we are moving into this higher state of consciousness and some of the traditional like marketing things, and they are 3d and they are based in you know, having somebody feel like they're not enough and telling them not enough and then selling them something. And, and it is, you know, some of these, there's some very, and I, you know, I know because I tried to learn them years ago and it really messed me up. And I was like, oh, I need to be like this and do this. And you start to, you start to become somebody you're really not. And I've tried to not, you know, to not be like that, but I think it can be very confusing because we're there, we're not really sure of how that's going to look because we're still creating this new way of being and, and every, you know, we're creating these new systems, including marketing or just, you know, what I like to call just sharing your light, but we have to use, well, I shouldn't say we have to use, let me reframe that. Some of the systems we have feel very 3d, you know, like Facebook and Instagram, which, which I, I think, you know, Anyway, and there's the whole AI thing too, which is a whole nother conversation. How well, do we marketing. use that? I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Marketing is 3D and it just drives me bonkers because it's all connected to looking good. So if you put yourself out there as anything, if you're selling yourself, like whether you're a massage therapist or a hypnotherapist or a coach or, or a teacher or whatever you're selling, a jewelry maker, a tax, you know, this looking good. I had a person on the show many years ago, Dr. Leo Gallen, and he had a mentally disabled son who had died like 20 odd, 25 years before we had the conversation. And he was in his 20s. And then a few years after he died, he started channeling to Leo. And Leo wrote this book called Already There. 
And it was his mentally disabled son as a master soul channeling through Leo, who is a New York upstate uh, um, a doctor, like a holistic doctor in New York, like one of the, you know, good ones, specialists that, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he said in the book is humans get so addicted to place, their place in the world. It's mm-hmm. like where I come from, my education, that place in the world, how much I earn, the car I drive, who I am. We get so addicted, uh, attached to our story of who I am as this amazing person. And what I've found of over 25 years showcasing New World Teachers is the people that are the most vulnerable and share their pain the most honestly are the ones that make the biggest impact. It's like they, they and Brene Brown talks about that vulnerability mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. open your heart and share vulnerably of who you really are. That's what connects to people. Forget the marketing. <laughs> you know, yeah, forget, right. I had this guy on the show a couple of weeks ago who was in marketing and he was very successful and then he became a, a spiritual channel. And I looked mm-hmm. at his website and it was all this like how amazing he is but I couldn't mm-hmm. find him anywhere amongst it's like, who are you? It was just mm-hmm. how amazing he is just page after yeah. page after page. Cause he was marketing yeah. himself to you. Like buy me, buy me, buy me. But I right. always think that if I'm going to buy anybody, I want to know who you are first. It's like, where yeah. do we connect? What part right. of you connects to that part of me? Yeah. And yeah. I, that's the new marketing. I think, you know, yeah. it's that vulnerability, uh, open authenticity, I think that's yep. the vulnerability. Um, and that really is a vibration. I think about it as in terms of vibration that we have a certain vibration and we give off with our words, with our face, you know, which would make it really hard with all the masks and you couldn't even see anybody's face and read their energy. Um, and just with how we are, not even, even just the feeling we give off, you know, in, in somebody's presence. And I think that's, that to me, I think is also the future. It's probably the same thing. What you're saying is that it's vibrationally linked. We don't know why we want to be with somebody or work with somebody, or we just feel drawn to them or we don't. And I think that's what we're all learning to do is clear away the ego crap and just share our like allow our vibration to be shared i'm still working on it i haven't figured it out that's for sure it's going to be interesting to see what that's like yeah i have to say every time i've been sold to and i think i believed i believed the the sales pitch and like yeah you've got what i want it's always been a mistake like i remember when i wrote my book years ago that I saw this guy speak. He was one of the most dynamic speakers and he totally sold me and he sold me all this, I'm going to get your book published and blah, blah, blah. You can relate, right? And I spent thousands of dollars on this guy and it was a complete waste of money for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like for me. It might have worked for others, but for me it was a complete waste of money because I was sold to and that was a lesson for me. That's like over 20 years ago. That was a lesson for me not to listen, not be sold the marketing speech, but we're getting off topic because I want to go into life between lives before we go, Mm -hmm. because you said Mm -hmm. you've just got into it. So what have your clients been saying about the other side? I mean, we could talk about past lives to the cows come home. I love past lives, but the life between life is really interesting. I've taken people there. Uh, I mean, I read the Newton books years ago Yes. and as a healer, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And I just took, I started taking clients there. <laughs> Didn't do any courses. So I just knew cool. how to do it. But, uh, yeah. I think I've been doing this for many lifetimes, but 
What have you noticed? What have they been saying to you about? Yeah, it's in your blood. I was going to say, it's just in your, you just know it. As you know, there's a similar, everybody says different, everybody experiences it differently, but there are similar themes. So there's, you know, they're drawn towards light after they, so usually I take people through a timeline regression through a past life when they leave their body and then they're rising up and they're, you know, feeling this energy pulling them into the spirit realm. And, and sometimes there's a guide that just shows up a spirit guide that's there, but often it's not, it's just light. And they're just, and some people will go directly. I've had this a few, um, few times recently. They're just there with source with God. They're just like, I'm just here with this enormous pulsating ball of light and is just pure love. And that's how they describe it. And of course I'm like, well, that's, and there's sometimes people will say it is the source of everything it's and they just kind of and they're quiet and they just you know they just want to be there they don't want to leave of course and so anyway um so then often if it's been a difficult life i've had this happen a few times they will be taken sort of elsewhere they're kind of in like a um how does she describe it? Like a cocoon or, or just like an insular place for healing where they actually go through this sort of like regenerative process to heal before they're going back to their soul group. So that uh, otherwise the next place would be their soul group. And that's where usually it's light and their colors, you know, different colors that will show up. Um, of course, Michael Newton talks about this, but uh, it's, generally people aren't aware of who necessarily this one source of light is. It, it, it's, it's very, it takes some time to kind of pick up on it. Um, and, you know, from there, some people will connect, well, you'll see there's one, you know, light, there's one uh, source of light or being of light that comes right up to them and they recognize them instantly. This is my husband, or this is my best friend, or sometimes they don't even know who it is. And of course, you know, we know that's their soulmate and some people are not with their soulmates in this life. So they don't know who they are. And I, I don't always tell them that, <laughs> but, um, but they're just experiencing this connection that maybe they've never experienced before, which is a really powerful one. So then from there, you know, so I'm all, I'm guiding them too. So I'm asking them questions to help as you know, you know, to guide them to the next place. Um, some, sometimes they will go, if they ask about what planet they originated from, they will be, you know, in another planet where they might be insects or they're just, they're learning that the planet was very dry and the planet had no water. And so they had to, their planet was destroyed or, or something. And they had to go find another planet that had water. I've seen that. I've heard that a few times, like really searching for water. Um, Lyra's come up, you know, the, as the planet that people have been on as a lot of the original place that humanity was seated. Then there's, you know, but then we spent a lot of time with the council of elders, which for, for people, I remember one, one woman who's very psychic. She, it was really cool. Cause I was just taking all these notes. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everything she, she was picking up on stuff like that. She's like, they're, they're light beings. There's a, there's a group of light beings from different planets. They're wearing long robes and they have um, different languages on them. You know, there's, they're, they're from, they're from different planets, which I thought was very interesting. And they had these, and then she said they took their cloaks off and they looked like some of them look like animals or these creatures, but then they put them back on. So they didn't want to scare her. 
<laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's similar. That's the Akashic records basically. And that's the place of just reverence and respect. I had one client recently say, they're not friendly. She's like, they're very, they're kind of serious and wise. And like, I'm a little bit intimidated. And I was like, yeah, I knew she, she wasn't sure where it was. She's just describing I'm in this place. And I knew that is the council, but that's where so much wisdom comes in. And they're asking, what's so cool about it is that it's like, it is the Akashic records, but they're picking up on the information themselves that, you know, I'm asking them the question that they told me ahead of time they wanted to ask. And then all this information comes in. Um, some people then will be doing different things. Like, um, I know for me, what I was doing in my regression, I was, I was one of my activities and one of my study groups was studying the topography of earth. And I had a guide whose name was Abraham. I had, a lot of my guides were biblical. It was interesting. Elijah, Abraham, anyway, um, biblical names, Sarah, which is actually one of my original name, but separate story. Um, so anyway, but in this soul group, in this study group, um, I was, I had, I had some, a few members of my core, my primary soul group, but we went off and we're studying the topography of earth because we were trying to learn about, um, you know, helping preserve the planet and how to help earth. It was something about that. I was really, after I was like, studying topography that's not something i do now but i do love care about the earth deeply and so it makes sense in some ways and then another place the last place usually is the screening room where there's they're choosing their body they're choosing um you know their family and there's another there are other guides there there's other beings of light that will help guide them to decide what body they want to be in and, and different things about their body. And there's a few people that will say something like, you know, I didn't come into my mother's womb until right before I was born. So I was watching outside her body. I wasn't even in the womb until right before birth. Or some people say I went in, you know, after a month or something, which is very interesting. Um, so it's all sort of different experiences they have, but very similar places. And that's what I find so amazing. And they don't know, you know, I'll tell them a little bit. And a lot of them know about, they definitely are, they're intuitive and they know about spirit, but they don't know all these stations and they don't, and, and, but it's all like consistent. They're all consistent with each other. It's absolutely fascinating. And I think once you have, you know, I've heard just the other day, a client said it was just, she's still, it's just so much to process. There's so much information that comes in. Yeah. It's like going on a trip to a foreign country that is yeah. there forever changed. I certainly was. Yeah. I, I remember when I was doing it years ago, I had a couple of clients and one was a tree and I didn't even think I believed that you could be a tree back then. I didn't even know that a soul could be an animal back then. Uh, I yeah. was young in my thirties and this woman was giving me this description of this being a tree and what it felt like and what you know the whole thing and then one guy he was a mountain and I'm like whoa and then he was off planet and like yeah I mean it was so fascinating for a young healer to sort of hear what was possible coming through these clients under yeah. hypnosis it was fascinating so fast. yeah you could write a whole book about that you could well <laughs> I, I, the, the next question I have for you is uh, have you noticed like a theme coming through your clients you know like there are like Dolores and there are many other people I've had a few of them on the show who are hypnotherapists who collect the information and there's this theme it's it's almost as okay almost all right I'll take that word away 
it's like the um, contract between you and your clients has been set up and they're giving you information that you like put into story and chapter, much like Dolores did, to, you know, into books. Have you noticed that with your clients, like a theme coming through different people? Um, I have noticed a lot of clients have had a lot of um, trauma that they're healing with inner child trauma um, for whatever reason, sexual abuse. And that's, and some of the, I've noticed, and I don't know if you know who Kaya Ra is or Teal Swan, you probably know Teal Swan. They're, they're, you know, these spiritual teachers who had the, those were part of their stories. Kaya Ra channeled this book called the Sophia code, which is excellent. Um, but they were survivors of horrific sexual abuse, like very, very dark. And I, I honestly believe that, and I've talked, I just was talking to somebody about this the other day that, um, when you have those sorts of experiences as a child, you leave your body and to survive. But then when you're leaving your body, you're going to spirit and there, and you're developing this ability to channel, which then becomes their gift, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. that's one theme. I think, um, there's been a few people, which I love, you know, who've, who've talked about being from other planets and they're connecting with different light beings. Um, that, I, yeah, I think I'm still new to it. So I'm still, you know, I've done, I don't you even know, know. I've been geeking out on, on the interviews doesn't... of the sound of freedom because that's like big yes. news at the moment. Yes. And I've been totally geeking out on all the people who made it, you know, the director and the actors and Tim Ballard, obviously. And and really tuning into the sexual distortion on our planet. Like we know it's bad, but we just didn't know how bad. It's bad. We just yeah, it's didn't bad. know how bad. And yeah. then I've thought about, I think that people like Tim Ballard who go and rescue the kids is the end solution, but what's the cause? It's like putting, it's like having a Panadol for the headache. So it fixes the problem somewhat, but what caused the headache? Like what caused mm-hmm. people to be so distorted that they would do yeah. these heinous things. And that's what I've been thinking about. And I've been doing the hyper-ono yeah. prayer for those people that's um, because we've got to get to the cause. What is causing people to be so distorted that to take yeah. this life force energy and to twist it and torture yeah. people with it? It's just, that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, I I mean, this is such a weird way to kind of wrap it up, but I will say having, being a hypnotherapist and seeing this with clients who've had severe abuse and they have repressed memories, they, they, they have, or they develop multiple personalities as a way to cope. I do believe that. And I, this is just my theory. I don't even know if this is real or not, but, um, that people who do these really evil, you know, these evil things, they, they do have a separate part of themselves that it probably that may they may not even be aware of at some level um that is doing some of these things and i think it's hard you know and i think from the, a higher level <laughs> without going in, way into all of, all of the darkness starting with a pure innocent being as a child and and kind of doing that to them is is a tool to, you know, create the ultimate form of control and fear and, and kind of rob of, of the soul or, or the life force of the spirit trying to leave his body. But as we know, that tactic is not going to be working any longer because yeah. there's so many children who are light workers themselves and who are tapped in. Yeah. 
I was watching last I didn't night. see the movie. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I will. I, I no, I haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet either. I think it's still yeah. in cinemas and I probably won't go and see it at the cinema. Yeah. I'll see it when it starts to stream. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting that it's getting so much attention. And I'm uh, glad. Yeah. I think it's done uh, over 100 million, 130 million at the box office. That's part which, of the awakening. That's yeah, how it is. Part, but it, the movie itself was suppressed for five years and um, and in courts, and and now it's come out like all a part of that light revealing. Like, Amazing. even though it was tried to be suppressed, and it's interesting, like Disney and the big mainstream yes. studios try to suppress it, and uh, it's it's out. And oh, there's a lot to yeah. say about that. That's a whole show. Yeah. We could do a whole, a whole right. Show it's a whole other show. <laughs> but, but what I think about all these kids, if this problem is as prolific as, as like there are a lot of kids or there are there are a lot of adults too that need that healing from that sort of abuse. And yes. Uh, yes. Um yeah. yeah. Anyway, I I, I probably we probably won't go there because that's as I say a whole a whole other yeah. show. But yes. <laughs> it's been such a delight. It's been so beautiful. Oh, is there so any last fun, is there any last message you'd like to leave the audience with? Anything you want to really share with them i want people to have hope that this there is a positive timeline unfolding i think some people are worried about are we moving into this sort of dystopian apocalypse um and i don't believe that that is true that this is all unfolding and and there are multiple timelines but all our energy is moving towards this positive one however we can bring our energy together and keep it on that positive timeline by just bringing in light, trying to heal, you know, forgive people, rise above, be the, be the one that says, I'm sorry, even though we don't need to say, I'm sorry, you know, be the one that sends unconditional love as much as you can. And that's how we move into that higher states of consciousness as a, as a uh, collective. And it's just going to help us feel better and, and really move towards freedom and peace and joy and all those things. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for chatting with us today on the show. It's been beautiful. And Thank you, Karen. A blessing. Thank you. Wonderful to meet Rachel and hear her story. Just fascinating about her grandfather, wasn't it? About him being a whistleblower and, um, yeah. And I love that conversation we had about awakening because that's something I've thought about. I've never actually discussed with anyone on the show before about these different, ter- you know, what it means to awaken nowadays. Like before, but you know, when I talked about awakening, it was always about spiritually awakening and remembering you're more than the body and you're more than the mind and you're more than your thoughts, that your spirit, like awakening to who you are a spirit and soul. But now awakening means a totally different thing. Like you awaken to all the corruption and not everything's real and we've been conditioned and controlled and it's a completely different story. But I suspect there are different levels of awakening and we need to awaken in all these different levels. My awakening was first that, you know, conversation and God type awakening. And then the corruption thing came later. And I have to say that uh, awakening to the psyop that is the control drama on our planet was a lot easier after you've had a spiritual awakening i think awakening to that while you're still rooted in ego-based consciousness and separate based consciousness and linear-based consciousness it's all about me and who i think i am is more difficult which i think a lot of the people on the planet are doing right now they wake up angry <laughs> wake up angry but uh, anyway that anger does push you just a bit like rachel's story you know being in that place of not feeling okay pushes you into seeking 
what does make you feel okay. And that is going down that spiritual rabbit hole and finding out who you really are as love and light and not who you think you are as your limiting negative thoughts. <laughs> it's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey, such a journey. But yeah, love a bit of a hypnotherapist. Love that. So thank you, Brandon, for introducing the beautiful Rachel. And I actually said to her after the show, I wanted to talk more about her children. I think I'll do a panel of a few people and we'll talk about the children. Just love that. Maybe get Sheila on and yeah, a few people, Edith. Anyway, it's a thought I'm putting out there. Haven't, haven't actioned it yet, but might do that this year, get a bit of a panel, talk about the children, how to educate them, how to relate to them, who they are. Yeah, maybe we'll get a couple of kids on. They can share what they know. I've got a friend and a client who's got this amazing grandson who tells her the most incredible things. He did join our Inner Sanctum group one time because I said to Shirley, maybe he'd be interested in this conversation, but he really wasn't. <laughs> Like sitting still and listening to adults, yabber was not interesting to him at all. But uh, maybe if we let him talk and share what he knows, might be more interesting to him. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, who's coming up in the inner sanctum? I don't know. I haven't looked at the page yet. Let me have a look at the page. I was just telling uh, Rachel actually about, because she mentioned, uh, not on our show, but she mentioned on another show, the three waves of volunteers, and everyone always attributes it to Dolores Cannon. And Dolores Cannon is definitely the one that, put the word out and made it famous. But I was telling her about Susie Hansen, who I have mentioned on the show many times. I've had her on the show, I think it was in 2018, mid-2018, who is, uh, she wrote the, the book, The Jewel Soul Connection. She is a contactee. What do we call Susie? She's like the head of all these uh, organizations and foundations and UFO magazines. And, you know, she's, anyway, she's prolific. And her story is amazing. She was a child when she was up on a ship and she was given the download from, I think it was the greys or these grey looking ETs about the three waves of volunteers. And her version of it is comprehensive, absolutely comprehensive, even more so than Dolores's information that she's gathered from many hypnotherapist sessions with different clients. Okay, so Moon was the last person that came into the inner. Oh, Sheila is coming up. Sheila, Sheila Seppi. And we're going to talk about, well, Sheila is always showcasing new world teachers. She's got a lot to say about the Conscious Awakening Network and what she's doing with that. And then after that, we've got Don Hudnall coming on. Don's been on the show before. He is a psychic and uh, has a, a lot of paranormal experiences. He doesn't put himself out there as a teacher and doesn't really want to. He does have a bit shoot channel, which says something like, it's only me or something. <laughs> If you put in Don Hundle, you'll find him. He might even started um, putting it up on YouTube too. And then Alan Steinfeld's going to come in in October. Bonnie Satori, who I had on the show, I think it was end of last year or the beginning of this year, clearing entities and attachments and pain and trauma. We did it. She did an amazing activation on the show uh, when I had her on the show. So look her up, Bonnie, spelt B O N N. I-E, Satori, so S-E-R-R-A-T-O-R-E. She did an amazing, amazing channeled activation thing at the end of the show. Yeah, it's worth listening to it just for that. So she's coming up uh, towards the end of the year. Yes, and thanks again for listening and watching. Remember your part in being a light worker is pressing that like button, that subscribe button. It does help the algorithms. 
Look, my show, I have to say, on the major platform is absolutely banned because I turned off all the advertising. So I had a friend say to me, I watch your show all the time and I never see it come up in the side. You know, it's never in suggested to me to watch. So that is because I don't have advertising on my on my shows. I turned it off because I find it really annoying <laughs> when you're listening to someone open their heart and share their story to have some ad pop up in the middle of these people pouring their hearts out and the more invasive the ad and the more ads on the show the more the platforms shares the shows and so I don't do that and they don't share my show so it is up to you guys to share the shows my my on the major platforms I've been plummeting but hopefully it'll, we can turn it around and go the other way because of the audience who cares about the, these conversations and the people that you meet on the shows so thank you for doing your part in helping us spread the message. I know there's a million other shows out there. And as I'm watching these younger people coming through, starting their podcast shows and getting hundreds of thousands of views and millions, millions of views, actually, and hundreds of thousands on each show, I'm thinking maybe I just step back and let them do it. <laughs> they do have advertising on their shows, but that's the way you get, that's the, way you get the views. Uh, but they're doing great jobs. You know, there are some great podcast shows out there doing an amazing job. Uh, that just started in the last couple of years incredible incredible so consciousness is expanding exponentially it really is so exciting don't you think let me know what you've noticed in the last couple of years about the world changing and consciousness expanding and the new consciousness and children and your own consciousness expansion your psychic abilities kicking in and your guides chatting to you love to hear your stories and thanks again for listening and watching and remember to check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already and i'll catch you next time bye for now